So this season, around this year, always makes me um, maybe reminisce a little bit, perhaps, on my glorious high school days, which for some reason are getting further and further out. Um, but it makes me think about when I was in high school and all the different memories that I made, uh, all the different choices that, are ma that I made, good and bad. Uh, but one of the things that, as I think about high school, that I think about fondly are my days on the track team. Now, I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. This body, a track, believe it or not, yes, I actually still have my track sinlet. Look at this. Look at this beauty. I was a Townsend Harris hawk. All right? Thank you, thank you. I, uh, uh, believe it or not, it still fits. Um, I did talk to my wife, and she did not give me permission to wear it um, this morning. I'm not sure why. I still have to talk to her about that. But... Um, it's a little bit snugger, for sure. I think, uh, I think we washed it, and uh, it's, it's shrunk in the dryer. But um, when I ran track, um, it wasn't because I was lightning quick. Um, it was probably the least on the totem pole when it came to sports. Um, it was pretty much if you showed up to practice, if you showed up for tryouts, congratulations, you're on the team. Um, and one of the, you know, as I was part of the team, I ran different races, but the, my main one was the relay races. And there was myself and uh, my buddy Rodelio and Julio and Reno. We were part of the 4x4 team. And, man, we were good. Mainly because no one expected us to be any good. Um, and, again... It, just in case you guys don't believe me, okay, I have all of these medals to prove. And I didn't steal them. I didn't steal them. Believe it. See, I got a couple of second places at, from Queens. Um, so we were, we were pretty good. Um, but the one that always stays close to my heart is this one. Because I remember running at this four by four race and we placed. After we were done, they came and we were part of the ceremony as they awarded medals. And we came in sixth place out of all the high school in, uh, in Queens. And we were pumped. We were pumped that we were shocked because we came in sixth place. We came in last place, but we still medaled in that race. And as they're giving us, we're so confused, we're dumbfounded, like, we came in last place, why are we getting medals? And as we're leaving, the workers told us, well, the top eight got medals just so happens that there was only six teams racing that day. 
So, again, special place in my heart, for sure. But as I started thinking about today and the opportunity to celebrate our graduates and celebrate our families, we're just excited that we get to be a, a part of your celebration and played us a role in your child growing up and being a part of our church. And as we do this, it's also a reminder of this transitional phase, this transition that you guys as families are going through. Because it marks a moment of the end of one leg of a race and the start of a new leg. Because many of you are sending your kids off to school or to the workforce or to a trade school. And it marks the beginning of them being 18 or older, graduating, sending them off to college, independence, and into adulthood. And I guess if we were to put it a different way, this is the moment where the season of the passing of the baton, a season where you as parents and families are turning the baton over and telling your kid, go for it. I think this imagery also happens in scripture. There's um, a letter that Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And if you know the scripture, you know that the letters that Paul, the elder, is writing to Timothy, the youngster, that these are his final letters before he dies. And so these are important words that Paul writes. And I want you to notice the relay race language that Paul uses. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Do you hear the relay race language used here? Do you notice how Paul, in a sense, makes himself leg one of the race? You have heard these things that I taught, that I preached. And now he's passing it on to leg two, Timothy, where it says, now teach these truths. Leg three, to other trustworthy people who will teach it and pass them on to others. Leg four. And I love the imagery, the picture that Paul paints here of running a race and the mentality of T 
teamwork, the mentality of cooperation. Because ultimately, like, this is what is at the core of our church. It's at the core of our family ministry. It is we want to come alongside parents to see their kids, to see their students, to see their young adults move past religion and into a relationship with Jesus. You've heard it said, leading people to find and follow Jesus. This is what we want to do. From the time that they're kids, babies in the nursery, to the time that they graduate high school and begin adulthood, that's the core of our church. Because as Cassandra, one of our student ministry leaders, prayed, they're going to be our leaders. And, and I, I don't mean just leaders outside of those church, but leaders in our church. Deacons, elders, kids workers, kids teachers, student pastors. There are our leaders. But the trick is, I've been doing this too long to know and see some bad handoffs with the baton. A lot of people dropping the baton. So like, how can we make 2 Timothy 2.2 happen and make it work? So this may sound weird, but follow with me these next couple of minutes just as we walk and take some spiritual lessons from a relay race, okay? So the first thing is you have to have the right baton. You have to have the right baton. Believe it or not, when you read the rules of running and relay race, you can't just pass anything off, right? You're not taking your shoe off and passing the shoe off or a rock that you found on the ground. No, no, it's the cylinder. It's this that has to be passed. So for us, like, what is that baton? The right baton is the gospel. The right baton is the good news. That is ultimately what we have to pass on. The fact that Jesus was sent by God, the Father, to come to this earth, to live a perfect life, to die a death that I should have died and three days later come back to life to give me an opportunity to know life, to know, have an opportunity to receive the gift of salvation. Above all, as a parent, that should be the number one thing that we pass on. I think as parents and myself included, as I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, there's a lot of things that we can invest into our kids. There's a lot of good things that we can pass on to our kids. But they aren't the right thing. See, sometimes I think we, we focus on passing good behavior. We want them to be good members of society. Not a bad thing, 
Or, or maybe we, we push strong grades, that if they get A's and B's, and, then that means that they will be successful in life. Maybe athletic success, that the more that, that they accomplish, they'll be set for life. Or perhaps maybe scholarships to help pay for some of those bills. Sometimes we focus on the good things that we lose sight of the God things. All of those things are great, but not the best. The things of God is what's best. Because how do you define success for your kids? I want my kids to have a good life, but above all, I want them to know God and know him well. And I hope as a parent that that's your, your heart too. That you want to make sure your kids know God, follow God, for the rest of their life. So you have to have passed the right baton. The other thing we need to understand too is that the space to pass the baton is limited. So in case you're confused, in a relay race, there are hashes, marks in the, uh, um, on the track to mark when one teammate can hand off the baton and the teammate receives the baton. And if it is not done during that time, you're disqualified. It's over. So if you fail to do so, the race is over for you and your teams. And parents, this means that we have a limited time with our kids. I hate to be the bear of bad news, but your kids are not going to be with you in your home forever. For some of you guys, you're celebrating that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> some of you guys are, woo woo, right? Getting all excited. But it's just a reminder that they're not going to be in your house forever, they're going to be your kids. But your time of influence, your time of impact, it's limited. Every season, every graduating season, as I spend time with parents and go to graduation parties and go to graduations, the same sayings always come up. They grow up so fast. Carlos, Stefan. Don't blink. Or my favorite one, the days are long, but the years are short. I, I get it. I know you guys get it. So if we understand that, are we investing our time and being diligent about making sure that we're passing on the right things? So I want to challenge you as a parent, okay, that there may be nothing more spiritually valuable to your kids' lives than your presence while they're present. 
that as you are together right now, that you're taking that time and being intentional, that you're present in their times. Now, I want to be clear. I don't, when we talk about passing the baton and passing the gospel, passing salvation, passing the love of God off to your kids, I want to make sure you understand that I'm not talking about that there's an age limit on this, that you can only pass it on before they're 18 and after that they're lost. No, because I don't believe salvation has an expiration time in your life. And so as parents, our time of greater influence might decrease. But this goes along with your job or your work or your neighbor. That, as, as uh, Paul says in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. That whenever you have an opportunity, share the gospel. Whenever you have an opportunity, share your love for God. Because you're planting seeds and people will see that. So not only do we have to pass the right baton, not only do we need to be reminded that we have a limited time of this transfer zone, but we also need to understand that a drop baton is not the end of the race. So believe it or not, I didn't know this. And one race in particular, in particular, I dropped the baton and I stopped running. I thought it was over. Like that's the whole point, right? To get the baton from point A to point B. Well, if I don't have the baton anymore, it's over. But I was wrong. <laughs> and my coach told me <laughs> I was wrong. Can't share with you the colorful language he used, but I made sure never to drop the baton again. Or, and if I did, I would go pick it up. And I think it's important for us to know this as a church because too many times we do, see, we do see and experience some drop batons. Again, I've been doing this long enough and as a student pastor, a guy that loves to evaluate, I have a hard time sometimes seeing the successes because I focus too much on the failures. And sometimes when I hop on on social media and I see some of my former students, it's hard. It's hard to see and not blame myself. And I'm just a student pastor. My heart breaks for moms and dads sometimes when they see their kid walk away from God, or walk away from faith, walk away from the church. And if it hurts me, I know it's killing you. And I think we've, we've heard all the, the data, we've seen the research, we've read some blogs, and we see that millennials, Gen Zers, are leaving the church when they graduate. And I think what happens is we, we sit back, 
we start playing this blame game, right? Well, it's, it's, it must be a student pastor in that student ministry. Too much pizza and too many games. Or as leaders, we sit back and go, <laughs> it's a parent's fault. <sighs> they were just a little bit more committed. If they only loved God and set a better example for them. Or maybe we blame the older church of, well, you are no longer relevant. You're hypocritical. The, 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 the young generation wants nothing to do with that. And the image I get is a group of people that have seen the baton drop. And they're just pointing. It's your fault that it dropped. It's your fault that they're not getting it. Instead of walking to the baton and picking it up for someone and helping someone. I would hate for our church, for our parents, for our students, for our ministries to look at people that have dropped the baton and not be a part of the reconciliation process of coming alongside and saying, let me help you, mom and dad. Let me help you, young adult. Let me help you, student ministry, kids ministry. We all have the same goal in mind. So doing it together. There's another letter with an unknown author, but many credit Paul with it, that again keeps picturing this race. Hebrews 12, this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So as we wrap up, I want to help you understand that maybe some of you in this room have fumbled the baton when you tried to pass it on to someone. Maybe through your hypocritical living, maybe through neglect. Whatever the case is, let's focus on picking that baton up and passing it to someone. Passing it to someone that's special in our life. Or maybe for some of you, you receive the baton from someone faithful in your life. Someone that cared in your life and you dropped it. Maybe you turned your back on God 
Maybe you got caught up in your selfish desires. Or maybe for some of you, it's been a slow drop through apathy or distractions from the things of God. Whatever the case, wherever you see yourself there, pick it back up and get back in the race. To the ones that are in the takeover zone, to the parent, to the student, consider how you can continue to help them take that baton. Think of the time that you can spend intentionally to pass that baton. For our graduating seniors in your little goodie bag, there's a baton. And what I want you to do is this baton, wherever you head to next, would you just put this somewhere that you will see on a daily basis? As a reminder for you that God loves you, that God is rooting you on, that you have a cloud of witnesses that are rooting you on, that want the very best for you. That whenever you feel discouraged, whenever you feel like no one's there, maybe whenever you feel like giving up, don't. Keep going. Keep pushing through. Not for me, not for them, not for your parents, but for God. I'll wrap up with this story that I've, I've never heard until probably this past year, and I've heard it told by several different speakers and I was like, this is too good not to share, and God, you keep bringing it up many times, so I just wanted to share this with all of you. But I don't know how many of you guys know about John Stephen Aquari. There's a picture of him. John Stephen Aquari was a marathon runner from Tanzania, and he ran in the Olympics, the marathon competition in the Olympics of 1968 in Mexico. And as a runner, uh, his chances were wrecked uh, as he started the race. And in the middle of the race, the altitude messed with him, and he began to cramp up. He was also involved in some jockeying for position that um, caused 19 runners uh, and I guess a pileup, right? 19-man pileup. And so, ended up getting hurt, scrapes, gashes on his legs. 
And four hours after the winner had crossed the line, many people from the stadium had left. Media outlets had began to pack up their stuff. They had done the ceremony, the medals. Word got out that there was still a guy running. John Stephen Aquari. With not a lot of fanfare, since many people were gone, he finished the race. He was limping, he was bandaged around. As you can see, well, actually you can't, but the bandage is kind of flapping around there. But when they asked him about what kept him going, why did he finish the race? His response, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. He said, they sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. And as we head and live out our faith, I pray that that is the reminder for us. That through the good and the bad things of our race, of our life, that we keep going and finishing the race. Knowing that one day, as Matthew 25 says, you have been faithful in handling the small amount. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Keep going. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you for allowing him to live a life that we couldn't live. And dying a death that we should have died. And giving us the opportunity to know salvation. That as we look at our graduates, look at our kids, whether they be our own, or they be a part of our church, Father, help us to pass that baton on. Help us to share the gospel with them and the love for you. That as we hand off that baton to them, that they would run and live the life that you've called them to. Father, I pray for our graduates as they head off to school, the workforce, trade school. God, that you would encourage them to live the faith and live the life that you've called them to. In front of their family and in front of their friends and in front of strangers. As a church, help us to come alongside others and encourage them, do life with them. That hallmark would be a beacon of life, a light to our communities because of how much we love you and how much we value the gospel. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for always being there for us.
Help us in life to run the race you've called us to.